All right, and welcome back to the Technicolor Podcast, where we discuss all things geek from a diverse point of view. And as always, I have with me Jacob. Hi, I'm looking something up because I've been told that our icebreaker is something I've never heard of. So, yes. And then, of course, uh, not Jacob, uh, Carlos. (laughs) I know we look similar. They both have long hair, and I got it mixed up, guys. I apologize. He's hair. Here's how you can tell us apart. He's way hairier than me. Look, if if there are werewolf arms involved, it's a Carlos. Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. I've, uh, what? I'm not a hairy boy. I'm, this is going to be really interesting I'm, when we start recording this stuff. Okay, let me introduce My future guys. wife calls me hydrodynamic. All right. All right. So, oh, congrats. All right. End of today. Oh, yeah. I got engaged, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple. Congrats. Like, like, uh, like right. two months ago. Oops, my bad. I probably should have said something. Right. So, today we had to bring a special guest who is actually going to be returning for her second episode this is your third oh that's right you was in the first that's right wow that's right i forgot oh man i'm bad i'm terrible i'm terrible i'm terrible (laughs) but of course but i do remember i do remember the introduction now i don't remember anymore but i've done i've done two i think (laughs) one was a really short one yeah. We recorded it at the same time, so it didn't feel like two times. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. I didn't promote myself. I was just like, listen to all my friends. I was like, you have to listen to me. <laughs> 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 all right. Our legendary fun guest again, the beautiful, the sassy Daisy. Woo! Welcome back, Daisy. Good to, glad, glad Welcome to have in. Welcome in. Welcome. Glad to have you back. Glad to share my ramblings. I took so many notes for this. I felt like I was burning the midnight oil already. It'd be like that. Like, this, this is it, oh. Daisy. Like, write that down. Oh, no. When I did the Totes episode, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, no, that was a midnight oil burn. From It happens. I'm just imagining you in, right. like, a log cabin with a typewriter, just like, <laughs> all straights and no gays makes Daisy a mad girl. Oh, All Lord. straights and no gays makes Daisy a mad girl. So- and it's just, like, me and, like, this podcast is me and Eddie walking into that room, lightning striking, seeing the typewriter, and you appearing behind us with a lightning flash. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, I want to know, what is your love sign? If you don't know what a love sign is, so... I don't. I have questions. I'm like, is this my Venus? I know that one. No, no, no. So, so if if you follow any astrology whatsoever, you have a sun... Uh-huh. And a moon, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of based <laughs> off of your ast- astrological sign. No, I was just trying to be say that for dramatic effect. <laughs> I don't. How do you find your love sign? You if can't see my face if at home, your... audience. So, but I am incredulous. I am going to uh, allow a little flexibility because you know, for uh, not only Jacob self, but more importantly myself. So I want to know what is your sign that you are in love. I want to know. <laughs> What? <laughs> it ties into the episode. What? I want to know what's your like. How to love. tell that I'm in love? Exactly. Like, if you saw yeah. me, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy is yeah. obviously yeah. in love I with know. a person." I want to know. I know for me. I know for me because I'm a Capricorn. I know I'm going to be in love if the fact that if I order Wingstop and I take you into consideration of getting the twenty piece rings, and especially if you want veggie sticks, <laughs> you best to believe I'm not playing with you. Okay, we're not playing. Like, I am dead serious about changing my relationship status on Facebook. So not. That would almost be like what, like sharing time together or like acts of service or something. What, like however you define it. I want to know how, how well, do you define it. I mean, that it? would be like, 
you know, your What does your astrological <laughs> sign have really to do yes. about this? Really, yes. What does my made-up star sign do with it? It's all, it, none of it is real. Jacob, there's no connection here. Have you not figured it out yet? <laughs> there's no connection here. I can make a connection. I am a Scorpio Venus. Uh-huh. And of course you are. Venus people out there, you know. But I think for me, it's just like, it's not obsession, but it's like, I want to know everything about you. Like, you mm. entrance me, you enchant me, and I find, like, everything about you interesting, and so I would like to know more. And to some people, it's a little intense. I don't mean to, but I am very, like, oh, you are my favorite person to know. <laughs> so... Prepare to deal with that. Fair enough. I don't know. I guess whenever I want, I, I'm a Sagittarius for those that care. Mm-hmm. I guess whenever I say I want to be alone, you are included in me being alone. There you go. Like if I go and I'm like, I just need to not hang out with people, but you don't count as me like not hanging out with people. Cause some days I'll come home from work and I'll just be like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to like, be near i'm unplugging my phone or whatever but like uh, kim you can hang out next to me it's fine yeah, it's cool we can like cuddle or whatever just like don't talk to me oh. <laughs> yeah no i just i need to yeah. for a question you didn't understand you answered it beautifully okay thanks i guess <laughs> that makes me mad yeah, it is what it is man okay so let's go ahead and plug our sponsor and so today's sponsor is actually going to be our seed library yes yes you want to talk about the seed library daisy oh wait i can now Yes, you I can. forgot about that. Yeah. I totally can. You you moved there. My God. But yes, the seat library. So the seat library is actually located at our main central downtown branch on the sixth floor. And so we actually have uh, donated seeds that thank God for all the local uh, growers out there. Okay, let's rephrase that word. Uh, the Growers local... is a fine word. Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Okay, you never know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, those who do take up in any type of um, gardening gardening whatsoever. What you're um, looking for is gardening. That's what it is. Thank you. <laughs> Botany. Thank you. And so, yeah, uh, we actually have it available on the sixth floor for people to take home with them, uh, also donate, or they need in, uh, any more information about gardening whatsoever. They, it's, I believe the materials is actually technically located on the fifth floor. But so we'll the, help where we can. But we'll definitely help where we can. And so, uh, yeah, so the Seed Library is an amazing resource that we use, and we encourage and everyone. Yes. It's free. And Everybody, it's free. You don't even have to live in Dallas to come and get seeds or donate seeds. We want seed donations, though, so if you please, please help us. <laughs> We're so low on our stock. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's really great. We want to help people get into gardening, connecting with, like, nature and food resources. And what else? I don't know, but it's really great. Um, if you ever need seeds, come to the downtown library. I like how we always call it everything except the J. Eric Johnson Central Library. We're like the main library. Yeah, yeah we never call it the main. The, yeah, because it's a mouthful. <laughs> we just <laughs> no, we just like Central Library. We ain't got time yeah, to go. Like with that's all day. Library, the downtown library, whatever like you want to call it. You can think of except J. Eric Johnson. The massive library. brick next to City Hall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next to the other brick. Next to the, the other, other brick. brick, which is next to the other brick. <laughs> All right. Brutalism ruined this country. So we have Daisy here, so you know what that means. We're discussing everything gay all the time, always. <laughs> That's very iconic of me to say. Yeah, I know. It's separate, but it's actually like the episode with the highest uh, listeners, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna but, uh, agenda. We're gonna be gay and do crime. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. So, um, as we know, we all love that everyone is being represented in the media, and we love to see it. We hope everyone gets their moment to shine in our geek and nerd universe. And while we may disagree with the characters, changes in storylines, especially the DCEU as it stands right now, people are having sick bird. Yes, <laughs> topical. Oh, no, we're doing an episode on that. <laughs> everyone being involved in the story makes it enjoyable for everyone. However, we need to talk about queer baiting. Oh. Yeah, that is really becoming a bit of a problem. And it has unf- been for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But it's been really like, yeah, why can't y'all just not pull this trigger? Like, seriously. Like, why are they still doing it? Yes, we need to understand also part of the reasons why of kind of how um, since film and all this entertainment is being released internationally now and how that is also playing a role. And then, unfortunately, we still need to discuss gray areas and not even really understanding the full limitations of what queerbaiting does in our popular medium and culture. But we need to start off with the definition of queerbaiting, and Daisy is the best person to do that. So briefly describe what is queerbaiting. Fuckle the buck up, everyone. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so queerbaiting is basically like a marketing ploy that hints at queerness that is just like, ooh, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but the signs are kind of there. Mm -hmm. And it's all in like an effort to pull in queer audiences because they're they're kind of like, oh, I can relate to this character. I really like, this is my favorite character and maybe their experience or their journey is similar to mine. And it does all of that, you know, there's hints, there's jokes, you know, the press tours, they're like, oh, well, if the fans wanted, maybe we just might, but you have to tune in and raise our ratings. And then season finale, and they're just like, well, actually, that was never going to be a thing. So that's basically the, like, long and short of queerbaiting, specifically in, like, shows. Mm -hmm. There's also queerbaiting, which we can talk about later, where... Artists kind of use it to gain, you know, promotion and views. It's similar, but not the same thing. Yeah. And so, as I always say, sometimes the best example, the best way to really understand it is to provide examples. So let's go around and provide examples of queer baiting. I will. I have a list. Oh, actually, go for it, Daisy. Just go for it, Daisy. Go, what, what we'll buckle ha- up, everybody. This, here's what we'll All do. Buckle Daisy, up, Daisy will do one, then I'll do one, then Daisy will do one, then Eddie will do one, then Daisy will do one. <laughs> That's the best way to go about this. I don't know. Some of them may overlap, but I have quite a few. And I'm sure as I say the list, things more things will come to my brain. Oh, you want me to start now? Go for it. No, okay. yeah, this is, yeah well, go for it. One of my favorites right now, because I'm pretty sure it's never going to happen, is Buck and Eddie on 911 on Fox. It's never going to happen. Well, like, no, the crazy thing is the show already has, like, queer relationships, queer characters. Like, they mm-hmm. have no problem doing that across, like, 911, 911 Lone Star. Um, Eddie was added in in, like, season two or three to the main cast. Fans really liked him. They really liked his relationship with Buck. Mm-hmm. And they keep dropping hints that there's something more there. But, uh, and the fans... Of 911, like they like to talk, oh, it's gonna happen, it's gonna pay off in the long run. And I'm just like, I've been there before. (laughs) (laughs) Been hurt too. I've seen how this happens, okay? I do not expect anything good to come out of this. I don't blame, oh, God. They just want me for the views. And I mean, they got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacob, uh, so I'm gonna pull a comic book example. It has thankfully been resolved, 
and the will they won't they has been confirmed as they are and they will and will most likely continue to be off and on for odd infinitum uh and that's harley quinn and poison ivy since the 90s when batman the animated series came out because that's when harley quinn was invented as a character one of her her like first major arc was her essentially leaving joker and trying to like make it out on her own and in doing so she striked up a friendship with poison ivy and when you go back and watch those old episodes the two of them are basically best friends Mm -hmm. and do the whole like how to put it a platonic friendship but through the eyes of a very horny man because that's what bruce tim is love him to pieces bruce tim is horny on main all the time he draws pinups on a regular basis the guy can't stop himself it's just who he is. However, what that means is that you've got two female characters that originally were designed for the male gaze, then get co-opted by the LGBTQ community as a lesbian relationship because that's basically what they're at because they're sleeping in the same bed and they go on dates together and they go shopping together and harass Batman together. And like, also, they're still roommates. Do so they, you know, uh, <laughs> shop together? They shop together. It's a whole thing. Like, it's just the constant. It's like, it goes beyond a mode of friendship. The fact that they're willing to, like, lay their life down for each other. The pet names, the casual, like, all the... It has all the hallmarks of a relationship of an, without... Without the actual explicit, like, yeah. they're in a relationship. And so, for a long time, everyone went, so when are you going to, you know do that dc when are you gonna make it canon when are you gonna have the two of them kiss uh, finally and then lo and behold it, both in the comics uh and in the harley quinn tv series they finally pulled the the trigger and were like they are together <laughs> and everyone went oh thank god <laughs> because it had been a a a decades long 30 years on burn at that point mm-hmm. and we had survived the new 52 uh and what can only be described as the character assassination of harley quinn hate that first like run of suicide squad in new 52 they made her from a sympathetic character to an utter sociopath in a similar manner to they've they just kind of ignored Poison Ivy for like 10 years there. And that yeah. also was annoying and sucked because she's one of Batman's more interesting villains. Either way. So, yeah, I this is an example of uh, the fans yelling enough and that, it worked. <laughs> that, that, that it worked. And they're like, fine. OK, they're girlfriends now. And everyone went, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daisy, another example, because I know you got another one. <laughs> I'm one that I'm very bitter about recently is Villanelle and Eve from Killing Eve. If you haven't seen the season finale of the latest, well, the last season, they basically kill Vin- Villanelle in the very last episode. And they're always like, if you watch the show, you're just like, they're lesbians and they're obsessed with each other and they're kind of a little messed up. And you're like, but that's OK. And then, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and so, no, 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 like, no. I just like the woman speak. There's something I just to like be how said, you said about it. about enemies to lovers. I just um, like how you said it's, it. It's just like a really good build up. The show, I think, until the last season, kind of like stumbled. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they kill Vill- Villanelle, essentially like preventing the characters from being together. So like, also there's that whole like barrier gaze thing that Hollywood or like media companies like to do. So I'm very bitter about it because. That's not what should have happened. Like, the show was kind of praised for being kind of, like, ahead of its time a bit, for being kind of, like, really on a sort of new wave or something. I don't know. But, yeah, in the end, they like, oh, well, what do we do now? We don't want them to be together, so let's just kill one of them. 
um, I'm bitter. I don't think I'm ever really gonna get over that one, but <laughs> rest in peace to my girls. <laughs> no. I think the worst example for me had to Loki. That was the worst example. I'm gonna tell you why, because it was just like one line. It was like episode, I believe four. I believe it was episode four. And then he's like, oh, um, both. Wait, Loki and Owen Wilson? No, no, Loki and Sylvie. When oh, they were talking. And- yeah, because it was just done. It was because it was done so cheaply where it's like, if Loki is bisexual, just have him be bisexual. No one's going to care. But they, they just did it as this one throwaway line where it's like, I enjoy the company of both men and women from time to time. And I was just like, well, you ha- own say- that. Own that. It That's seemed very more- cheap to me. That's more of a recognition than other shows. I mean, it's like right. bare minimum. Like, yeah. But it, it's at least an explicit, like the character actually saying. Right. It, right. About themselves. Like there is something to be said to that ownership, but it, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. But also show it. Yeah. But also right. show it. Like, yeah. throw, a bit of a throwaway. And, that, and that's where yeah. I was at. You show it. Show it. And then on top of that, I know you added that line because you can totally just edit that out once you release it internationally. Exactly, yeah. And that's why I say it's so cheap. It's because yeah. they knew they they knew uh-huh. exactly ways to just get around that rather than just simply like, no, own it. It's part have of it the there. Have it there. Okay, but uh another example. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hmm. Um Finn and Poe from Star Wars. Oh yeah. That could have been the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me personally. That would have been fun. And um they decided that well, first of all, like they were just like, we're gonna wing it, which is like the worst way to write a like a three film arc. Oh, <laughs> we've brought that up Actually, on the show before. I have so many issues with that. It's just like with Finn though, it's it's like, how did you how did you butcher my man? Oh yeah, they botched Finn so bad. My God, did they botch Finn so really bad? Frustrating. But like specifically to their relationship, like I think there were valid like overtures of romance and could have easily become an actual thing, but mm-hmm. then they decided like, oh no, we can't have that. China. So, yeah. <laughs> that, I'm bitter about that one, but like I have a list. And That's why he's not on the poster. To grow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, but as we, uh, yeah, you have one more example. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is, this one's kind of weird. So there's an anime that I watch, uh, and probably other people have watched here, called uh, uh, Comey Can't Communicate. And it's about a shy girl that has a communication disorder and has a hard time communicating with other people. She's extremely shy and blah, blah, blah. Tons of so weird, wacky supporting characters as well. It's a really fun, cute show. However, there are three characters in that show that are, technically four, that are very queer-coded that I don't think we're ever going to get an out-and-out, like, yes, they are decidedly queer. So... Najimi Osana, who mm-hmm. is, I'm going to say, God, this, oh, what's the term? Uh, it was in, on the tip of my tongue, and I've blanked on the term, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Najimi uses, at the drop of a hat, both he and she pronouns, and has, and canonically, we don't know Najimi's actual, like, for lack of a better term, biological sex. Like, Najimi's in this weird me. Najimi is a Najimi. That's Najimi's preferred pronoun, I guess. Like, it's okay. very odd. But we're not going to outright and just say the word gender fluid in the show. And we're probably never going to see Najimi be with anyone in a romantic way. Which is, pro- okay, you don't need to be in a relationship to, like, you know, show be representation. But still, it's just kind of 
odd, I guess. I, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, the actual, like, and then you have Katai, who is big buff boy that probably has a crush on our male main character, but that will never be resolved as it's not Katai can't communicate, it's Komi, which me and our main boy is with the girl. So who knows if Katai is ever going to get with anyone. They might pair him off with a girl that has a crush on him, but that's weird because he's shown literally zero interest in girls at all. Like zero, none, zip, zilch. He's shown tons of interest in other guys though. And then two other characters, both girls, Osara and Onamine, and they're, they're lesbians. I refuse to believe that they're not dating. They are literally on screen together all the time. When they walk, they are holding hands literally all the time because Asara has this thing where she's a space case and will just randomly get lost and disappear. But don't worry, Onamine is like very responsible and can find her very easily. But to make sure they always hold hands and they're in like every scene together and like they celebrated Christmas together, which is a thing for couples in Japan. It's so obvious and, but yeah, it'll probably never be confirmed because Japan's weird about stuff like that. And I feel like it's because it's too popular. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think they'll ever actually be out and out and be like, oh yeah, they're dating. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's the show, it's a show about romance and I would, I'm, and they've shown a couple of different relationships beginning to spark amongst all of the supporting cast. Like other secondary characters are beginning to pair off because it's set in high school and that's what happens to kids in high school. And it's just, I'm just annoyed that there hasn't been any, there's no queer representation that's outright and explicit. Good point. So, but actually, that's actually, let's get into the, I really want to get more into the reason why this continues to happen. And this, to be honest with you, this is like the biggest source of my frustration with this topic. and And this is where I'm at. And feel free to throw in your other reasons. But for me personally, it feels like because, like especially in Disney's case, they they release these things and they release their movies and all that internationally, so they can just you know do this one thing here, but they won't. They will never do it in China. They will never do it in China. Mm-hmm. Oh, they won't do it in um, what's the other like European country? They won't do it in. They'll like, also take it out and if uh, like Romania or something like they'll, that. They'll take it out whenever it gets to Africa too. Yeah, they'll take it out in Africa. So I think one of the more bigger sources that I have, when it, especially when it comes to queer baiting, is the fact that they never have the same energy when it comes out to international releases. And granted, I understand you're a company, you have to make money. Fine, cool, whatever. I'm just going to be honest with you. Not everyone needs to get everything from time to time. Okay, if it's clearly not for this audience, it is not for this audience. Also, it doesn't stop work. changing your art like this doesn't work like they've yeah hollywood's been they've like there have been a couple of studies over the past few years and they've basically been like actively it's like you're actively losing money over trying to court the chinese market because they're too fickle like because you have to go through the the ccp in order to get anything approved to be shown there um and that's then the reason they want to do the chinese market is there's like a billion and a half people there that's a lot of money potentially but you have to go through a government approval process and whenever anything goes through that sort of bureaucratic slog, any random thing, and it doesn't necessarily even have to make sense. They'll ban it for skeletons. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of how it is. And it's nothing against the people of China, obviously, but it's just the, the way that they've, the market is trying to handle all of this. It, it just is, it's cheap and right. not good. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Daisy? Well, 
there's a lot to this. So I think queer baiting goes back really like I think even people who watch like Buffy can think of queer baiting. Oh that yeah, that's another. Oh dang. Right. Gosh. So like it goes oh, back yeah. a long right. time. It's oh man, speak up, bury your gaze. It's not, <laughs> it's not anything new to us. I think the frustration comes in that like there are such great queer characters, queer storylines, right. like. Like, there are more now. There's not nearly enough. And, like, most of the people, like, that I had written about, like, queer baiting kind of, like, like PR stuff or, like, fandom unrest and stuff that I found, a lot of them are mostly, like, cis white men. Like, because that's what dominates our media landscape. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, that's what's going to dominate the, like, the queer baiting fan. Like, you know, fans are upset about this. It's been going on for a really long time. It's not new, but like I think the frustration is that it continues to keep happening and it's just like, well, it's more frustrating when you've had good representation and you know it's possible. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Right? That's an interesting point. So it's point. like you okay. know like good storylines and representation can happen and yet somehow companies are still resorting to these tactics that like, dehumanize people that kind of like that's like oh you're good enough for us to want your money but you're not good enough to be represented Mm. (laughs) like as a fully like actualized being i think is a big part of it for me especially because like and one of the things i wanted to talk about was just like in some of the like more popular media franchises kind of like teen wolf did this uh i think the BBC Sherlock series did this, and other c- companies, you'll see it. Like, they'll call out a certain fandom that's just like, or like a certain section of their fandom that's like, oh, they really like this couple. Let's tag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Steric fandom and make them like bump up our numbers and raise our ratings. <laughs> but, and we'll kind of tease them. Maybe, maybe if you watch long enough, maybe if you write enough, maybe if you get us on trending long enough. You know, maybe we'll make what you want happen come true. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> and so, like, they just keep doing that. And it's the fact that they don't follow through on it that I feel like is yeah, the most cause... scummy about it. Because it's like, it, people did. You you carrot and stick them to the point that they followed you until the show's conclusion. The least you could do, right, yeah. is, like, throw in a kiss in the last episode or something. I mean, I, part of it... For me, part of it is kind of like, where was I going? My thoughts have left me. <laughs> it's okay, I literally had a thought, and it's just like, no, it's all right. Back. My bad. So, no, it's okay. It's fine. No, no, it's, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I'm on stage. It happens all the time. <laughs> but uh, I think um, what I'm getting from this is like, it seems like there's a new reason why it keeps happening. And I think that's been surprisingly far more prevalent. Because even then, like, back in the 90s, a lot of that was just due to the fact that there was, like, the religious group were just mm-hmm. way more mm-hmm. uh, adamant about letting their opinions be known. And now that they have their own media platforms, they kind of just yeah. go to their side. But it does seem to be, like, whatever the case is, there's always a new reason to why they won't really represent uh, the queer community properly. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what it sounds like to me. And there's also the kind of, like... I think another form of queer baiting is like, ooh, we're going to hint at like the queerness of this character, but we're never going to let that person's queerness be their own journey. We're going to use it to like 
further some of the other storylines. So and I think right, I was reading about like Stranger Things mm-hmm. and I think it's it's Will. Mm-hmm. Like his kind of queer journey that's being hinted at is always kind of used to propel the main like Mike and Eleven sort of relationship. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Everything that's going on with him has forwarded their storyline, has affected their storyline. It's never just him independently. Right? Like, and there's something to that. It's just like, well, why can't this character, like, I know they're like, oh, but it was the 80s and the HIV and AIDS and stuff. Like, all valid points. Like, there's not really, like, great gay representation for, like, this kid who's growing up in this time period. But they can still be going through their journey without Mm -hmm. it having to be about, like, oh, well, how can we make, you know, Mike and Eleven get back together? Or how can we, like, make Mike realize something about himself and grow that's actually a good point. Well, so you know, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that because because like I'm you know like in real life, people people break up and they they move on. That is part of the journey of of growth. It's like yeah, yeah, I'm still good with you, but I, I'm not. That's just not how I feel about you anymore. And no one really wants to admit that. And granted, I understand it is the world of television, and it's part of that is just due to the fact that you you have to write a story. In some ways, understand that. But I also think in other ways, like if you are going to try to be as realistic as possible or trying to be honest about yeah. what the, the human condition is, you're going to have to accept the fact that it's like, yeah. hey, we're not dating anymore. And the reality is, is like I have learned something about myself and I want to further explore that. Yeah, I think also like with Stranger Things specifically, I know it's like the nostalgia of it is that it's set in like a very specific time period mm-hmm. and it's making all the like visual references right that kind of pop culture nostalgic references and things like that but it's like just because you set your show in like a, a reality you know something that did happen doesn't mean it has to like carry everything with it doesn't like, mean like that 80s has spoiler to be alert gay people existed in the 80s and yeah. like like despite what television might tell you queerness was not invented in the 1990s <laughs> but like yeah like even though their show has those hallmarks and it makes those references mm-hmm. it doesn't have to take everything that the no. 80s have right no like, yeah no, no yeah we haven't facts. seen homophobia explicitly on stranger things have we so like why does it have to have it we right. have, also, but only from like the bad guy, like well, the, no, see, bu- that's the, the other... bully kid well, in like well, season one. Well, see, <laughs> I, I actually, that's actually a kind of a good point though, because the one thing, like especially when they do show like this, the homophobia or like type of racism, it is like the most typical. Guy, it, it's very obvious who it's going to come from when you see it on television, and yet the reality is, it is far more nuanced than that. Yeah. Believe me, it comes from the most unlikeliest of people. Like, I think it was like, I ride the, I was riding the bus and then someone just, just blaming it out this, this homophobic comment talking about, but you agree, right? And I'm just like, no, I, I, I don't. Matter of fact, why are you talking to me, man? Yeah. Like, like, what did you make you think I was going to be? Like, I don't even know you, You man. know what it is? Mm-hmm. I've, because I've, I've wondered this myself and I have a theory. It's because we're not white. They assume that because we're we're people of color, we have like more conservative views. Like we're not because they don't expect do they don't expect people <laughs> with progressive and liberal views to not be white, which is so weird and bass backwards to me. Yeah. But see, I think that goes into the representation. It's yeah. just like they they it's like I think a lot of times when they try to and granted, I understand TV they have to create this trope. I get it, but if you are going to try to strive for this realism or trying to strive for this writing you you have to be a little bit more honest about how you're going about it i mean 
It's a TV show. It's not real. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. When I watch Stranger Things, I'm not thinking like, wow, this really happened in Area 51. Like, that's the true. show is already a fantasy. It's already fantastical. Exactly. Yeah. And he's Why a, do we have to keep everything? He's a gay kid in a small town. Like, it, yeah. And yeah. Also, like, you could have him come out, but like not have him be like, but also there's like no gay kids around me. The so like. The codedness of it. I'm going to live with that. so subtle that people are really only talking about it this season because the references or whatever are just that much more noticeable. Yeah, because it started out in like season three. But it's just like, well, if most of your audience can't tell that a character is queer-coded, are they really queer-coded? Yeah. And also, maybe just don't quote... Here's here's another thing, too. Um, And it's something that I've thought about whenever I was like, oh, this episode, and like, why in particular does queer-baiting annoy me so much whenever I can tell that it's like being used to sort of like drive up numbers and stuff. Mm. And it's because I think it fetishizes homosexuality in an unhealthy way and that in addition to okay. trying to court it, like, gave in order to try and court gay viewers they're also not just trying to court gay viewers in the sense of things like teen wolf and in like sherlock holmes they were trying to court young teenage girls that just wanted to see hot boys kiss which, in addition, right? And, and I think, I think, no, I think that's a valid thing that we need to talk about. Like, you, you're well, people that like I, I, I that are watching you, for that kind of thing. Yeah. And and I think that the the and it's like representation. We had an earlier episode where we talked about it's like representation. Whenever it isn't done well, ends up doing just as much harm as good. And in this case, having it so that way your gay characters, mm-hmm. your, your coded gay characters. But like the whole thing of Teen Wolf was the fact that they were all attractive, good looking people. Yeah. Not just the characters that they, that the, like the fans and eventually the show later, like started incorporating it more. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing about like Teen Wolf was like, oh, first of all, Jeff Davis is a queer man himself. Yeah. Right. The whole cast was, you know, mm. these ho- young Hollywood starlets or whatever. But it, but, I don't know. I have a lot to say about Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I do, but so, I do, so, like, I do, I do want to expound on that a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, I, I feel like you do, there is a good point in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not fetishization if you, like, make them real people and characters, right? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's, like, more to that conversation, and there is some fetishization yeah. of, like, gay people, queer people in media and stuff. But if you make them a whole person, like if they have a whole story. And that's and that's what it is, is that in all of the times whenever they're being like whenever queer baiting is occurring, it feels the Teen Wolves and um, maybe not the Sherlock Holmes, but like the Supernaturals and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It feels like it's we are intentionally trying to fetishize homosexuality as a means to court a younger female audience because they're the ones that buy merch and that feels gross and unhealthy to me and also damaging to the queer community and I would rather they would just have the two characters come out and be gay I guess that's what it is it feels like the temp the temptation and the titillation is 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 grosser to to me than them just being like yes we're gay we kissed. It's whatever. Who ca- moving on? Like yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, it couldn't. So like, there's a whole lot of things to it, right? Like, yeah. Somebody realizing their sexuality is not what it they thought it was. You mm-hmm. know, at the yeah. Of the show can make a great character. Arc. It can. It can no, it totally a really can. Storyline, right? So it's just like you don't always have to say things explicitly, but if you develop that character and it becomes a part of their character, that's representation. 
True. I think for me, fetishization is more where it's just like, we're like, okay, so to me, and I've always made this joke, but I've always joked that Jeff Davis constantly like cast actors that he would that he finds sexually attractive because at some point when you start watching Teen Wolf, all the little new twinks, they all look the same. That's it. Yep. No, that's that's, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. That's specifically what I'm getting at. That is what I am trying to explain. Thank you. Okay, yes. Yeah, but yeah, yes. no, but that is You're pretty interesting. That is yeah. pretty right, interesting. But like, you know, you don't always have to say things explicitly right off the bat. Yeah. And, right. And like a lot of the times when we're watching some of these shows, we are giving them the grace to like maybe they're going to go we're going to go somewhere on this character yeah. on the journey and we didn't know that's where we were going to start off at, right? Oh, that happens all the time. Eventually, like the payoff is that they will come to this realization and it's going to be a stated thing about the character. Yeah. Right. Right. Or about the relationship that they develop. Like there's a lot of nuance to it, but like, yeah, Teen Wolf and all that stuff. Like eventually all the cast members start. It's also like Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story. Yeah. They did that. Hotel one. I feel like Glee did that a little bit too, didn't it? It's a Ryan Murphy production. Wow! Well, see, okay, <laughs> that time whenever you look at the ills of Hollywood and you're like, oh, it's that same guy. Damn it. No, well, no, they I kind of find it weird. Like, they had announced like four cast members for the yeah. season with Lady Gaga. It's the only reason I remember anything about that season is because she was in it. But they announced four characters and or four actors that were going to be on the show, and you put the they put a picture like pictures of them side by side, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is all the same white man. <laughs> It, it kind of is. Like it was just all the same person, and it's just like, hmm, okay, Ryan Murphy, you strike again. <laughs> yeah, no, but I do kind of find it weird. It's funny you mention that because, like, it does to me, like, especially when they get into like the baiting and stuff like that. And feel free to disagree with me. Do, do you feel like sometimes it leaves out like uh, actual gay men when they do this? All the time. I yeah. Mean, yeah. How many like that's also the part where I was actors, like, it feels like white actors yeah. have won awards for portraying. Yeah. That's you know, true. Oh my God! That Brokeback Mountain oh rings a bell. God, that happens <laughs> all the time. I feel like Brokeback Mountain is. Or like the times where they're like they'll have the movie, movie trailer and it's like super misleading. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that one's like that's annoying. <laughs> There's tons of actors who've made their like Rachel Wise. I just recently learned is married to Daniel Craig. Yeah, but she has made her career as being kind of a lesbian darling. Disobedience, lesbian. The favorite. Also, lesbianism in that film, huh. Huh. and uh, some other things. Oh, also like the mummy. Like, tss, was I like disobedience meant like that's just a trait of her. No, no. Well, that's a movie she made with Rachel McAdams. You never, well, you never know because sometimes like they fall into like that same trope. It happens all the time. Not really. She's never said it. But no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I would hope. Kind of like I don't think so. I'd hope for her conscience she is. <laughs> but she's married to Daniel Craig. They've been nah. married for a long time. They're very private about it, apparently, which is why I only just a few weeks ago found out about it. But, yeah. you know, like that's kind of a really common thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I get that's kind of uh, been one of the more surprising parts when I, when we, I was looking at this episode. It was just like, wow. I, I was like, with all the baiting, it's like they really do be leaving out like actual people. Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I understand Hollywood. So people like seeing attractive people. And like in some ways, I understand that. But like somewhere down the line, like again, you are making a ton of money yeah. off these people. Somewhere down the line, you have to be authentic. Like, or at least. Some level of realism. Some. Not all, but some. Here's the problem. Or like here, it would be different if there were enough roles for trans actors for, you know, 
queer yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then it's just like, oh, well, everybody's kind of getting their fair shot. But, like, we know they're not. So that's mm-hmm. why it's That's what it is. And that's then, what like, it is. You're just basically continuing to marginalize the people that are being portrayed mm-hmm. in these films. But this has actually been a very informative episode, so thank you for being a part of it. I feel like Daisy. we just touched the tip of the iceberg. I know, we kind of did. should be a part two because yeah. I didn't even get into my case study, The Crimes of Teen Wolf. <laughs> that might be a whole episode. That might be a whole episode, I'm not going to lie. I will watch an amount of Teen Wolf. I mean, for you, Daisy. The only Teen Wolf that you should ever bother watching is season one to three B. After season, well, and also the movie from the eighties because it's fun. But after after that, it's like the show just goes down the drain. Do do and, and I didn't even watch. There, no, MTV has like. I'll tell you, if I have like, a question. In seasons one through three, do any of the the Teen Wolves turn into a werewolf and then jump on top of a van and ride it like a surfboard? Not that I recall. Okay, but. so that happens in the 1980s movie, and in my family we call that Teen Wolfing it, and it's awesome. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you Teen can go Wolfing. watch Teen Wolf, the movie, because it's really fun. Also, a guy wears a T-shirt that says, what are you looking at, Dick Nose? And oh, I think Lord. that's funny. All right, let's wrap it up here. Closing words, closing words. Jacob, you first. Hey, Hollywood commit. Movie producers commit. Like, it's okay to just have two people in a queer relationship do your build up, do your slow burn and all that. But like, you know, let them be in a relationship and like, it's okay. No one will get mad. Also, if you're doing a series finale anyway, and it's the end of the show and you've been hinting at it and you've been cognizant of you hinting at it, maybe just commit because like, what are they going to do? End your show. It's already over. There's no reason to not commit to it. Like, like make a statement or something. Like, I just, that's what I don't get. That's what I don't get, Daisy. It's the end of the show. The show is over. Yeah. Like, what? At that point, it just seems spiteful. <laughs> well, I think also sometimes creators can be a bit, you know, like, I'm not going to let the audience tell me what to do. Like, you know. Shut up, you let the audience do whenever you decided to acquiesce and hit and, like, bait them. You read those letters. Literally the term baiting. You read those letters. Let's be real. Like, there is some, you know, it's like, well, I created this character. This is my universe. They didn't create Sherlock Holmes. That's what's maddening. They created that version of it. They have an idea of how the show should go. Right. And so when your audience is just like, well, actually, we want something different. We are seeing something different. And I think sometimes some creators can be resentful of that fact that the things are not going their way. I mean, I think I've seen it in some shows. I think I see it on 911 on Fox. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it's part a, of the reason. It's it, like I don't know. I have no we idea. We got to up the episode. I have no idea what 911 is. Is it a drama? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was a drama or a comedy. So I was. I didn't have any. No, no, it's no. a drama. It's a drama. It's a drama. Lots of opinions. Okay, let's wrap up this episode because we gotta get out. I gotta get out of here. All right, so um, okay, I do. I yeah, mean, leave. Hey, I no, we record this doing work. We, we we record this doing work. Okay, guys. All right, so uh, I guess uh, my words would be: um, I we've made a lot of progress, and we need to. You, you need to trust the fact that the people who won't like it are, are just not going to watch it. Like that's just what they're gonna do. I think the uh, I think you need to have far more faith into the audience you are making this art for, and trusting that you know people are going to be accepting of these characters. I find it where we have made this progress in life, and yet you still refuse to, or you still find ways to sneak around this. 
I think you do just need to be more upfront about it. But um, I think they should just shove whatever they want. Like they've done it before. Just shove the characters at us. Like right. we'll do with them what we will. I think we've reached a really interesting point where like before fan chatter, you know, fan discussions, meta, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. was a bit behind closed doors. They were on like forums and blogs that people didn't really have access to. Nowadays, if I want to see what people think about, you know, the latest episode of anything, I can just hop onto Twitter and see it in real time. And I think at some point there is going to be a sort of you cannot keep doing this because they will stop supporting you. Like, people are keeping track. Like, I know who the creators of these shows are, and whether or not I want to invest more time in a show of theirs that, you know, historically have disappointed me, maybe I won't anymore. Like, there's going to be a point where fans are going to have enough power to, you know, maybe even stop things. The Powerpuff Girls <laughs> <or> reboot. <laughs> They're still trying to make it. That I don't know. I feel they're, like that's for the good, though. That's a, that's At this still point, I feel like it's it. for the good. I want that, that pilot that. so bad. I feel like it's for the good. I want to sink but, my you know, teeth into it. At that point where it's like fans have a lot more visibility, mm-hmm. and I think we're not going to, we're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> All right. And then on that note, go ahead and call the episode. And as a reminder, there are color in them pages. Listen to you next time. No, that's a terrible. Bye. <laughs> Just bye. No, you don't get. You don't get. No, no, there was bye. no reason to do that. Nope. There's no here. reason to do that. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Y'all Goodbye, everyone. You have a great day. Guys. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye now. Goodbye.